Rejoice that your names are written in heaven, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. About 75 years, one month, and two days ago, over 24,000 British, Canadian, but mostly American troops were sent were sent to launch the biggest seaborne invasion the world had ever seen. We now call this invasion D-Day. In a similar way, in the late summer of 1781, 8,000 American and 7,000 French troops, heavily assisted by some Canadian friends and even some agents of the Spanish crown, these troops were all sent to Virginia sent to Yorktown to attempt to end the British occupation of the 13 colonies and pave the way for a new nation. Their efforts obviously were successful, and on October 19, 1781, the Battle of Yorktown and the Revolutionary War was over. The declaration made on July 4, 1776 was finally realized and America was truly an independent nation. The Independence Day holiday always calls us to not only remember those who have fallen for the cause of freedom, but also to remember the vast complexity of our history. The United States of America would not have been formed in the way that it was without the help of friends, allies, and I dare say even strangers to General Washington and his Continental Army. The friends and allies we established during our most formative time continue to remind us that we are free due to the help of many who were sent on our shores. With their help, we were able to embark on one of the greatest sociological experiments the world had ever seen. And 243 years after first declaring independence, we have achieved many great things and have also been faithful to the ongoing work of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we have so very much more to do as well. Troops being sent to D-Day and troops being sent to Virginia, to Yorktown, not a whole lot different in some ways than these disciples being sent by Jesus into all the world around them. My guess is that all of us have been sent somewhere at some point in our lives. Relocation maybe sent to a new job, drafted into the military, sent maybe you might have wanted to go, you might not have. Going, maybe being sent on a mission trip somewhere to do humanitarian relief or signing up for relief work in a disaster zone. Even being sent maybe to go live with a relative or even those times being sent to college or going to a new school. There's all sorts of emotion wrapped up into this. Every one of us has some kind of experience of being sent. 
But Jesus' sending of his disciples is different. Most of them have relatively little training. Many are ill-equipped to speak to strangers as it's doubtful they really knew many strangers and they probably didn't even know many foreigners or people who weren't Jewish. They have no money, no equipment. They don't have any kind of network or connections. All they have, all they have is the news of God's kingdom coming into the world with the blessing of Jesus and the power to be themselves, and to love in the way that Christ has loved them. They have nothing tangible at all. And so Jesus sends them out, 70 in all, a pair for all the nations of the known world because the message of the kingdom of God is not just for Israel. The message of the kingdom of God is for the entire world. Often people will criticize and point out that Jesus told his disciples, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. He's telling them that this is not about money or position or power. It's not about being an influencer in your society or about jockeying for a favorable position with the person who's in charge. This isn't about running a race or a numbers game to reach. Whoever can reach the most communities wins. This is about being faithful. Being faithful to God because you've been sent by God with all that you are and all that you have, all of your talents as a beloved child of God. And you've been sent to be yourself, to spend time with people you've never met before. And you're invited to share with them a little bit about this love that you have seen with your very own eyes. You have been sent by Jesus, the Holy One of God. And your sole purpose over anything else, your sole purpose is to be fully present and to share this love with those whom you, with whom you've, to whom you've been sent. That's it. Notice how Jesus doesn't want his disciples arguing or condemning or debating or insulting those who won't receive him. He wants them to shake off the dust and go on to another town. This type of proclamation has nothing to do with popular American Christianity's you win or you lose dichotomy, but rather it's one that's firmly rooted in the proclamation of love, a love that is available to absolutely everybody. And when this love is heard, when this love is received, when this love fuels a new reality and the formation then of a new community with new possibilities, things like people being healed and seeing things and, and having wonder and amazement the blind suddenly begin to see, the deaf begin to hear, and those who are suffering with all sorts of mental ailments, the Bible often calls these demons, even those who are suffering with, with ailments too, they're freed from their illnesses, they're freed from their pain, and they begin to live. They begin to live in a new way by being present with others. 
by sharing this presence of love that they've experienced that's within them. And through forming new communities, these newly sent, seemingly unqualified disciples, these newly sent are able to bring a sense of peace, of restoration, a sense of love to people they otherwise would have never met in their entire lives. No wonder why they returned to Jesus with such joy. The product of them being sent out by Jesus to strange lands, the product of that sending was joy. The product of their willingness to be sent into the unknown with just a vision or an experience of love that God's kingdom has for everyone. This ability to see a new possibility for their world is what in and of itself not only changed them, but changed the lives of everybody they met. And the end result was a deeply rooted, abundant, everlasting joy. Something about this reading speaks very deeply into my heart because so much of the time we have made our life of faith far too complicated. Sometimes we have put up barriers where none are needed at all. Sometimes we hide our love of Jesus from others because we feel ashamed or embarrassed or we feel we don't have the right words or we somehow feel unworthy or unqualified to do anything about it. But we've seen how these 70 were sent out to strange lands. They had no more qualifications than any of us. They might have met Jesus, but they hadn't spent as much time knowing about Jesus as we have. They don't even have the perspective of the world that we do either, and they themselves were able to go and to be fully present and then to return with joy. We have made all of this far too complicated. We hate evangelism because we think there's something formulaic to it. We hate telling people about our faith because we think we have to come up with some kind of complicated, convoluted argument for religion, for faith, for ourselves, and that really hasn't gotten us anywhere, has it? The reality is that we're called to share our faith by being, our authentically, by being authentically ourselves. Instead of, instead of complicating a conversation about faith, we're called to actively live our faith, to live our faith in doing justice, seeking mercy, and walking humbly with our God. And when we model this, and if people ask us, questions about why or how or how or why we're doing something, we can be genuine. And we can say that we feel called to do this work as an expression of who we are and how much God loves us. Now, those might not be exactly your words, but I bet you actually do know exactly how you feel. We love others because God loved us first, and Jesus is sending us out now to do more work than the 70 disciples ever had to do, because the problems of our city and the suffering of many in our country and in our world 
the suffering is great. And today's gospel reminds us that we're not only called to seek out and identify those places in those parts of the world, we're also called to realize that we're the ones who can actually do something about it. If anything, today's lesson is telling us that we cannot ignore the challenges of our time. We need to hear the voice of Jesus calling us to be the 70 that go out into the world. We need to hear his instructions to carry nothing into situations but our true, genuine, authentic, fully blessed selves because that's the only thing that's really going to make a difference anyway. The message of love. The message of love. Nothing else. When we bring love into the suffering of the world, the hungry can be fed. The oppressed will go free and the favor of the Lord will rest upon everyone. That's the kingdom of God that Jesus wants us to proclaim. When we gather here at Trinity and when we live into this, we hear this call that it's up to us to carry things forward. It's really not all that complicated. It's about you answering the call to be sent. It's about us gathering here to learn new ways of how to love, how to love others and how to be loving and how to practice love even in our own lives at home. It's about seeing the suffering of the world and believing with all our heart, mind, and strength that our God is actively working in us, through us, and through, with all people of goodwill, that God is working through us to send us into these places of sadness and into these places of despair and to restore them, to help them find reconciliation and help them give them the type of dignity and respect that only love will give. This type of love, this type of love gives people life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it is contingent on our willingness to let Jesus send us, to send us out to do the work we have been given to do and serve God with gladness and singleness of heart. The gospel is calling. Now more than ever, it's time to love. Who needs your presence? Jesus is sending you.